0: Hello, everybody. Well, we're in that most dreaded of things, the international break. Uh, I'm Andy Kelly. I'm joined by Ian Doyle. I'm joined by Christian Walsh. We're here to give you a bit of uh, a Liverpool FC fix while the team aren't playing. Uh, sadly, we're going to have to start on a bit of a downbeat note and look back to St. Mary's on Sunday. Massive opportunity, obviously gone uh, for the Reds there. Doyle, you were down at St. Mary's. Um where did you see that game going at half-time? Did you have any concerns that uh, Liverpool uh, could come out and, and, and sort of see what happened in the second half happened?
1: The only concern is that it was way too easy. They had so many chances to make it you know, 3-0, 4-0, possibly even 5-0 that you always thought you know, apparently 2-0 is the worst lead to have, the most dangerous lead to have, and that's the way it proved. I mean, there were a couple of signs that Southampton were getting a bit better towards half-time, but there was nothing to suggest that the... We're gonna, you know, score three goals, and Liverpool weren't gonna score any. Because if any team looked like they were gonna score again, it was Liverpool. And ultimately, it all came down to the substitutions at halftime. You know, Southampton made two good ones in bringing on Wanyama and, uh, and Mane, who were two of their better players. And then you know, Jurgen Klopp decided that perhaps Dejan Lovren was heading towards a red card, took him off, and it was more the fact that he brought on Martin Skirtle than bringing on Colo Torre that that's that's turned the game. You know, within. Within a couple of minutes, Skill picks up a yellow card, which is the one thing that club didn't want Lovren to do. And then from that moment on, really, there was only ever going to be one winner.
0: Did when you at half time, did you were you thinking in your head that Lovren could be on a red here, or had it not even entered your head? Which is perfectly possible to watch the game, a defender get a booking and not be thinking, oh, he's going to see red here.
1: I wasn't thinking he was. I just assumed he was injured. Basically, I think everybody in the press box assumed he was injured. It was only afterwards, when speaking to Jurgen Klopp, that he said, "Well, you know, I, I took him off because I could, you know, he could feel the emotion of the occasion go back to Southampton." But I don't think anybody thought he was he was going to get subbed at any point, to be honest. Well, what I would say about
2: that though is that you know we all saw him depart um, the pitch, and then fifteen minutes is a long time. Who knows what happened in the dressing room? Maybe taking him to one side, or the chat with him you know, talking to him and he's sort of not getting through to him or we don't know what went on at the half time break and whether Jürgen Klopp's spoken to Dejan Lovren and engaged. You know, while on the pitch he seems like he, he's okay and he's 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 on a yellow but it's not too threatening. When he's got him back in the in the dressing room, if he's been wound up and if he's been, you know, pacing the pacing the halls or whatever Maybe that's influenced his
0: decision as well. Well, I mean, I've said this before. I th- I think the manager has got a blind spot when it comes to Coloturi because uh, we've seen him in press conference before and in other interviews where he talks about, especially when the Liverpool centre backs were quite a few of them were injured, and he and he goes through them and he talks about them, and then he always he always says, "Oh, and then there's Colo," as if he's separate to the centre backs, and actually, Colo, when he's played this season for me, as as you know, we're all aware that there's a that there are. Times through a whole season, if he was sent back, where he'd get caught out. But I think he's done remarkably well this season, not to get caught out. And you know that fantastic tackle against Aguero at uh, Anfield is one of my highlights of the season. I don't see why you don't bring in Colo whenever the fella you are bringing in, because you've got concerns about a red card. Got a red card in his last game for the under twenty ones.
1: True, but I think it was in just in the context of that game, Dejan Love I and mean, him. Otherwise, if he always thought a player was going to get sent off, he'd never pick him. I mean, I don't think anybody was particularly concerned at the time or raised eyebrows that Martin Skirtle came on. Everyone just thought it was... Ooh, you know. not sure about that, you know. Well, I'd, I'd say he's still your senior centre-back. He's
2: been out, he's still, out still, for three months. Last play, time you saw well, him in the shirt, he was getting
1: destroyed by Agarlo and Dini. True, but he's got to play at some point. And if you bring him on at a game where you are winning 2-0... You know, it's like... I think you'd rather see him start uh, from the
2: start, if you see what I mean. I know Circumstance dictated that wasn't possible, but it was a big ask for him as well to, to come back into that environment to 2 nil, He's on a It's often, really, isn't he? Because... You know, he, he plays well for the first five minutes and he don't concede. Well, fair enough, but Lovner didn't um, either. We, we,
0: should, we shouldn't put it all on Martin's girl. I know he was he obviously gave the penalty away, which didn't prove and, costly. And made mistakes for the other two goals, but it wasn't his fault. It, <laughs> no, he, he was... I know. I know. He, you know, he wasn't... There were several events in both goals where you can point to other players as well. First goal, Flanagan and Chan, both, you know, in a bit of a model. Um... The final goal, Skrull and Allen, I think it was, no, you know,
1: that came
0: that, from Mignolet's that, kick as well. From Mignolet's kick, uh, you know exactly. So I don't think we can put it all on Martin Skrull. For all that, you know, he was, uh, people jumped on him because he was one of the differences between the first and second half because he'd come on. So
1: I think Jurgen Klopp said something interesting afterwards, where he basically kind of suggested that how on earth could they score or nearly score, win the penalty, whatever it was, they got something on a counter attack. says when Liverpool were winning two nil, there's no way that any team should get caught on the counter attack when they're winning 2-0, especially away from home. He basically kind of accused the players of getting a bit carried away and thinking, perhaps they were thinking, oh, this could be another 6-1 here, and they were just going off to go and get some more goals instead of playing it far more intelligently, just you know, taking a step back, making sure that Southampton didn't get any momentum, and maybe that's why Liverpool are ninth in the table or you know, missing out in the top four, because they don't they might have talented players, but they don't have it in you
0: know, up in the brain. But well, they make. I mean, he's constantly gone on about decision making, uh, Christian. And actually, if you look back to the six-one game that Doherty refers to there in the quarter final of the Capital One, Liverpool were clinical that night. I think they had seven shots on target and scored with six. Uh, I suspect we probably had more than seven tar- shots on target on Sunday, and it was it was that lack of a clinical edge, and we saw it in the second half of Old Trafford as well. I mean, that game should have been put. Away far earlier than it was uh, for all that United needed for, you know, second half. Um, and that that lack of a clinical edge is something that's cost them several times in the season for me.
2: It's infuriating as well, isn't it? Because sometimes Liverpool will look clinical. You look at like the Aston Villa game. Now I know that obviously it was Aston Villa and it doesn't count because they're not a real team anymore. But <laughs> basically, you know, a chance was coming and bang it was in. You know, every Chance picking up the ball, bang it's in. And and before you know it, Liverpool are four five nil up, and, and, and they haven't really tested the goalkeeper because they, they they've got they've put it past them every single time. So they go from they go from looking really clinical to to really uh, really poor in front of goal, and you know at the end of the day you've got Daniel Sturridge there, who is meant to be Liverpool's number one striker, but even he at the moment is struggling a little bit with with, with that, that accuracy in front of goal. Now you know I'm not putting it on him, for example, but he's missed chances, he snatched the chances that you wouldn't expect him to, I think there was that one where he should just pass it to Allen but he, but he goes for goal himself and you know it's, it's in the team there's a lot of players who are, who are performing a really good function but studies aside and Coutinho in flashes, there's no one who, one on one with the goalkeeper, you're putting your house on them scoring, for me I was getting towards that a little bit more, Um, not, not at the start of the season and not even under the Jordan started as a uh, time on the clock, but you know, he's he's really starting to become critical. You look at the way he finished that chance against Man United Anfield, easy chance, yes, but he, he's finished it well, he's got to pass the hair. But apart from that, you're looking at like Lolana, you're looking at um I mean Emory Chan, you're looking at Joe Allen, players like this, they, they they're not really goal scorers, are they? And I think that's something that Young Klopp will wanna address because they're creating the chances. I remember when, you know, Ying said a couple of times about how, you know, it's not necessarily about the finishing the chances, it's about the taking the wrong pass or it's not the final ball, the one ball away from, from being a really good team, that sort of vibe. But, you know, at the end of, at the, end of the day, if they're, if they're in front of the goal, you, you'd expect a little bit more, um, certainly from Sturridge and certainly from a couple of others as well. You know, there's no, there's no 10 goal a season man
1: apart from studying that team. Which is precisely why if you've got a team that everybody knows isn't quite as ruthless, when you go 2-0 up, that's when you should go, hang on a minute, let's just try and protect this a little bit. They were were guilty of just going off and, let's score another couple, let's see whether we can put this one to bed, rather than just holding on to it. The thing is,
2: they've scored more goals than
1: most teams since the turn of the year.
2: I think it's only Everton and and, and Tottenham that that have uh, scored more goals than them since the turn of the year. So obviously they're they and they scoring, they're creating chances, but if, you know you you just think if the if the were scoring a couple more, then a couple of those draws might turn into wins, a couple of those defeats might turn
1: into draws. Well, I say I mean they had the five four at Norwich as well, so yeah. it's not as if this is
2: anything
0: new. Well, do we think the absence? I mean, some people pointed the absence. Obviously, Milner suspended, um, Henderson not well enough to start. albeit he was I think he was about to come on whenever the the equaliser went in, and he changed his mind. Um, was that? Sort of that obviously took out two of the more experienced players. Um, some people thought that made a difference, but to be honest, in my mind, a Liverpool team with Milner and Henderson in it has been just as capable of giving away that sort of a lead as a team without them. I'm not sure it was that crucial myself. What about yourself, Dorothy? Well,
1: again, you just mentioned then that the pair of them played against Norwich, where Liverpool went ahead I think it was twice and gave it away twice and managed to get away with it that day but didn't get away with it against Southampton because you know, Southampton are a better team than
0: Norwich. Um, Christian mentioned Adam Lalana there, and uh, he's in. you were on ratings down on uh, on the south coast on Sunday, Doily, Lalana was your top scorer uh, from memory. He's in a fabulous, I mean his feet are doing some amazing things at the minute, um, fabulous rich vein of form. I've still got this thing where as soon as Lalana gets the ball, he's looking for somebody else to give the ball to to sort of do the the absolutely crucial thing, and actually, if he took it upon himself more to, you know, have the sort of shot he had against Man City, for all that it was a really strange goal, and Joe Hart, everyone was wondering what on earth is he doing. But that if he actually, if his first thought when he got the ball in the type of areas he gets the ball was, I can do something, maybe beat a man, get a shot in, or whatever, that maybe he'd be providing more of what we want from him, apart from just from that, you know. We know Klopp loves his press and everything else, but uh, he can still do more, I think, can't he?
1: I think so. I mean, I know the manager said after when he scored the goal against Man City, he got asked you know, about the goal, and he says, well, look what happens when you have a shot. He couldn't believe he'd had a shot because he saw the replay of him. He couldn't quite believe it had gone in. He made a joke of it being it's because he had a shot. He doesn't he doesn't shoot enough, but I'll take your point. I think he needs a bit more of an end product. That goes back to what Christian was saying before about there's no player in there where you think about from storage, he's going to get 10 goals to score that many goals you need to have 20, 30, 40 shots and you can't really see Lallana having that many during the course
0: of the season Well where are we up to now we've got Firmino's on Coutinho's on 9 now is he I think for I think the so, season yeah. and uh, and that's 9 I think in 32 games I think I looked this up the other day and his previous best was 8 last year in 52 games so and he's been injured obviously with shows in that number of games so Coutinho's up in his return and Firmino looks to me like a player who'll only start to score more the more he settles in, Christian.
2: He could it? be a twenty-goal season man. Yeah. I genuinely believe that. I think I think the comparisons with Suarez, are, uh, you know, they're very very premature at the moment. Um, but I can see what where people are coming from in terms of development because he he's so much better than when he first came. And obviously, you know, you've got to give him a chance with uh, you know to adapt to a league and a and a team. And then he's been he obviously cracked a bone in his back when he came back was a different manager in charge so that, that period of adaptation is, was always going to happen but the way he's now looking like the player he was at Hoffenheim in fact better than the player he was at Hoffenheim that season when he got was 16 he was one of the top four scorers in the Bundesliga so I think he's is he in double, he's not in double figures quite yet he's,
0: he's on nine as well I think isn't he he's he's on on nine, nine, yeah.
2: but he's, he's he's looking to become one of the, the few players I think since the Premier League began so to get double figures in both um, Goals and assists, it's rarer than you think. Um, obviously Suarez did it for Liverpool in 20, um, 2014, but the, the way he, the, the way he's improving and the, and the way he seems a lot more comfortable in, uh, with Klopp's style, he presses from the front, and, and as I say, he's getting a bit of a dead eye in front of goal. I, I can see him being that 20-goal that a season man, but it, you know, it, it's, it, there's, a lot, there's a long way to go. The problem is that of all the goals he's ever scored, they don't come when Daniel Sturridge is on the pitch. Yeah, it ne- never, never happened. He's has never ever scored when still has been on the pitch. So that this is this is obviously a, an issue for for clubs to uh, to solve.
0: Dearly, where does Sunday leave us? I mean, a win would have put us four points behind City with a game in hand, and you're you're right in it, then, aren't you? I mean, we're now seven back with a game in hand, and the problem is, there's a lot of teams between Liverpool and that forward. It's not. Where you're you're trying to just play catch up on one team, aren't you? You're relying on several teams dropping points, uh, and of course we've got a tough game coming up, haven't we? Uh, when we finally do get back to action, Spurs at Anfield, uh, and of Spurs who will be absolutely, you know, desperate to win the game. Um, I mean that that sort of game Liverpool have tended to do relatively well in um, over the you know the last couple of years, so it should be a great game, but. For you, is it keep going for fourth, or is it put everything into the Europa basket, or can we do both now? Because the you know the games are starting to thin out a wee yeah, bit. Yeah,
1: I think it's just keep going full stop. I mean, seven points, but it's five teams and it's only nine games. So realistically, they're not unless they win all the games, which is probably not going to happen because they haven't even won four in a row, let alone nine this season. So that's probably not going to happen. I mean, top four, forget about that. Europa League, I think mean, they just have to keep on going because. You know, as we've mentioned several times this season, that there's going to be players playing for the futures. And the only way they're going to do that is by doing something on the pitch in the last nine games. So there's no sense that they're going to be dropping off. There will be some changes. And I think perhaps, I think it's the Stoke games in between the the two Dortmund legs. I think that's right. I think that's the one game where Klopp might go, well, I might change the team around. Because if you can't do it against Stoke at home, who who can you do it against?
0: Could give them a little advantage that. Because I think I saw someone on social media Say that um, Dortmund's game in between the two Liverpool games is Schalke. their big Ruhr, Ruhr derby, derby against uh, Schalke, yeah. the Schalke, which that there's no chance they'll be uh, resting players no. for. So potentially that could, if if Liverpool can come back from from Dortmund with a reasonable result, it could give them a little bit of an edge.
2: Dortmund's still in the title race as well. I know, it, I know. It's you know we all know Bayern have almost certain to so win the, the, the Bundesliga, but they're only five points behind. Dortmund, um, Bayern haven't looked exactly brilliant since. Pep said he was off to, to Man City. It's not it's not an insurmountable lead, Um so you know they're they definitely not going to be resting any any sort of the players, let alone in a in a massive derby against a hated rival. So, you know, it, 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 the Dortmund game is certainly an opportunity for Liverpool, where the especially with Stoke at home, you know, Stoke I mean, Stoke are a bubble pool at the moment, mm-hmm. albeit with a couple of games played extra. But um,
0: there's other reasons, isn't there? Like in terms of you don't even if you can't get fourth. You know, there's value in 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 fifth and sixth in terms of likely to be you know for Europa spots. Well, uh,
1: when you're trying to sign players, if you go, "Oh, well, we finished sixth last year," rather than "Oh, we finished ninth," you know, yeah. whether we like it or not, some some of these players from certainly from abroad will look at that and go, "Oh, I don't want to join them." You know, ninth. I, I mean, if they win the Europa League, fine, but anything else, and you finish in ninth, tenth, eighth, doesn't look as good as finishing fifth and just missing out on the top four spots.
0: Ninety course would be their worst ever, wouldn't it, in terms of since they came back since up. Since they came back up in the uh, stage, yeah. yeah, so um yeah, th- and there's also a million quid per position, I think. Now, football terms, I know a million quid is not what a million quid is to most of us, but it's still another more money that can be put into the pot for players and, and everything else and potentially somehow return to the fans with uh, reasonably priced yes, I, tickets. I <laughs> um, other stuff to discuss then uh, Flano had the armband on Sunday Um I have to say I was I was surprised not because I don't think that he potentially could be a future Liverpool captain but because A, I thought there was a reasonable amount of pressure on him having signed his new contract a couple of days before and he'd been wanting to impress and I just wondered whether throwing the captaincy at him as well was a wee bit too much um, for all that I'm sure he was absolutely delighted Um and you had the likes of Sako, um you know, even Sturridge—potentially, so you know, sort of senior players on the pitch who maybe you might have thought had the potential to take the armband ahead of you know young lad who's just coming back into the team. Um, any thoughts?
2: I just think it—I think it was a one-off, wasn't it? It was—it was a bit of a. Bit of a strange game when both the captain and the vice captain. I mean, that's happened before, obviously. But, you know, with Henderson and Milner both out, I just think it was a a reward and a way to show people that you know he hasn't got his contract because he's a scouser or because he's, you know, because he's John Flanagan. He's got he's got this because he trusts him as a player and as a communicator. And the one thing I will say, maybe not this before the Southampton game, is that you know. Flanagan when he was in the defence, he's a talker, he's a communicator, he, he's telling people where to go, he's talking to people. And that 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 can be quite important. So it doesn't matter that his voice of scouts, it's just the fact that he's quite vocal in general. Um, so it's I, I don't think it'll happen again. It certainly won't happen in the short term anyway. Um, that, that that situation of, of no Henderson, no Milner, you know, I think if if, if Liverpool goes to Dortmund Without those two, I think Sacco's getting the armband or Lovren's getting the armband or someone like that is you know there. I don't think. Well, sorry, you couldn't anyway because he's not in the Europa League. But you take your point there. Yeah. Um. You know he's not. They, they. It wouldn't be going to John Flanagan. Um. For the foreseeable, but I think it's just the way of sort of saying you know we we back you here, we give you the contract that, less the pressure more just you know we're going to pass on the backside and go you know we we we're proud of you here. we've given you the new contract and and this is you know let's let's crown off your week. I mean. Half time, you're saying it's a master show because what a week he's had. Yeah. Uh, you know, new contract and then captain in the team. That's absolutely obliterates his arms, but sadly it wasn't to be.
0: The you talk about contracts there, and we, Ian. Where do you think the manager is in terms of his views on players and and whether there are players that he wants to stay at the club after the end of the season? I mean, he spoke even just a few weeks ago that he still hadn't. I think it was in the run-up to the final, the run-up to the Man City final. You are talking about how he'd seen a lot more, obviously, of the players in the five months he'd been here, but he seemed to be suggesting he still needed to see more. Um, how crystallised do you think his thoughts are in terms of, at least in terms of the players he doesn't think he'll want? Um, our view from the cop today, Carl Clemente from LFC History has given us a list of 15 players he uh, he would like and it you know it seems a, a bit to leave. <laughs> to leave um if you go through that list i mean there's there's names on there that people would you know potentially question obviously the Bentekes, et etc which is you know i think some people would want him to stay some to go but there's quite a lot on there where i think uh milner for instance you know i think a lot of people would want to see him stay and he he's on the list he he puts forward but there's a lot there's a lot on there that probably A reasonable number of reasonable people would think, yeah, they've had their chance and it's time to show them the door. Are you expecting a relatively large exodus?
1: I'd imagine that, in answer to your first question, I imagine that the manager's made his mind up about 95% of them. I think you're not going to learn too much over the last eight or nine games. Because even if, say, somebody who he doesn't want in the future ends up doing something brilliant and they win the Europa League, I don't think he'll particularly keep hold of them because if he trusts them, you know, if, if he trust them now, they don't want to keep older, I don't think they'll possibly yeah, get like yeah. 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 you know, that. Awesome. And
0: fans always think there's a grand plan in the manager's head. I mean, my feeling is a lot of times they have to be fluid and be able to adapt the plan, uh, well, particularly know, in terms of who you're going to get.
1: Well, you know, you know if What you... happened with the Balotelli situation? Yeah, too. absolutely. Yeah. There's a, the prime example of it where it doesn't work.
0: Let's hope we adapt a bit better than yeah. we did yeah. in that situation. But it is, I mean, he won't know for sure I wouldn't have thought on a lot of players whether he'll definitely be able to secure them for next season and therefore the player he might be looking to replace, he's got to keep an open mind on him as well because if, if he can't get the, the person he thinks is, is better then you might end up you know having to stick.
1: The, the other complication on top of that is what happens if some player turns around and says no nah, I don't want to be here anymore, and it's somebody who's counted on. So you're right to say that it's always fluid but I think in a perfect world he will have Sorted in his brain nearly all of them who wants to stay and who he wants to go.
0: Well, He's very clear on if anyone comes to him and says they're not fully committed to Liverpool, he's going to sell them in the summer. He's not going to fight to... But
2: you can't build on, on shaky foundations. The Klopp needs to know where he's going with his squad. You know, and He's finally got the chance to do it in the summer.
0: Also in the summer, we had some details about the summer tour to the West Coast of America, which had been well-trailed for several months. And... Um, Looks like it'll be a bit of a shorter tour this year. Um, we've been known for them to be away for three weeks. Looks like they can get it all done in about nine or ten days this time. A couple of glamour games and obviously the biggest of them all, we're not sure where that'll be, albeit in Europe. <laughs> Do- you want it to be. <laughs> Dublin, please. Flight is booked. Um, there's the uh, this game on August the 6th against Barcelona and that's obviously going to be a reunion with uh, with Suarez and uh, that's going to be an occasion, isn't it, I thought. It will be.
1: Will be no matter where it is. I mean, we all have our own opinions on where it could be. You know, I, I I still think it might be Anfield, but you know, others don't agree. But you want it to be Dublin, Christian? Where would you like it to be beside your back garden? How um, yes, Christian's
0: back <laughs>
1: garden? <he> <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, where would I like it to be?
2: Somewhere where work will send me. Um, so nowhere, oh, nowhere yeah. St <laughs> Helens Langtree Park <laughs> oh, or something. It's not it's not <laughs> No I mean If they're going to do it In Europe I mean You've, you've got to go. For, for, uh, do you know where It will be good Cardiff yeah, oh, Millennium yeah. Stadium That would yeah. be good yeah. That would be, be good It's big enough to, ha- to They don't call ha- it that anymore Do they It's the Vitality Stadium Isn't it But That's Cardiff City Stadium That's that one as well Apparently. I'm not um, sure what they call it, but it's definitely no, not the millennium. Other life insurance is available. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we'd, we'd recommend them. But, but Wembley, you know, that, that'd be a bit interesting, although there is the the Charity, Charity yeah, Shields Shield. Shield, uh, that weekend as well. Now I know they do for the playoffs, but uh, you know, this is a bit different, this is like a glamour fix yet, but Liverpool have been there. Could it be the Olympic Stadium? I think I text you that. West Ham's home ground. West Ham's. Home, I don't
1: know though. You know, it's, it's all about it's all about funding, isn't it?
2: I don't, I don't know. Are Celtic playing one of those at at, at, at Dublin, yeah, in Dublin. I thought playing. they were playing one at Celtic, maybe. No, Glasgow, no, they're playing. Wasn't? No, they're playing in Dublin. Oh, right. So who basically who knows? And I know you come to this podcast yeah. to be informed, but we don't yeah. have you. What was with the question you. again? Sorry. I've forgotten. <laughs> other than other than that, the
0: the pre season. but that. I wonder whether how much Jurgen Klopp's had to say in terms of. Making that tour a bit shorter than it is normally. I don't think he's a massive was, fan I of mean, them.
2: It was, it was a slog. I, I went over with Percy two years ago with him. Um, I remember there was the penalty shoes I was against Man City, and the shoes I didn't even wanted to win because it meant that the tour was extended. Um, yeah, they went off to Florida, they didn't they? They went off to Florida, um, which was obviously replicated by Yair Torre's penalty, which was just hit straight at Simon Mignoli. Um <laughs> You know, it was basically, you know, it was just a. It was everybody play. wanted to, everybody, come yeah, home, want to come home, didn't they? We want to come home, they want to come home, everyone wants to come home. Um, you know, obviously you've got to fulfil this, and it's absolutely fantastic over in America. The support is superb, and the people are so warm and friendly. Um, and, and you know, the, the conditions you, you get put through your paces there. You know, it, it is so warm, and and it will get the players fit most certainly. But it is a long time, and and with Klopp still, you know, he's still in the sort of the the spartan phase with 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 the squad and. You know, I, I'm pretty sure he'd rather be back in Melbourne where he knows everything and he knows how everything is, how he wants it to be. Um, you know, better mind as well. Obviously, he's open in California. You know, I don't know if, what's happening with Boston if, if they're going to head over there or whatnot. But with California, they've been used to playing at Harvard and they've got a nice little situation there. But California's on the other side of the of the country. You know, will the training facilities be to, to his taste? Who knows? So the shorter are the best, I think, in, in that sense.
0: Yeah, he's uh. He's popped off to Tenerife for a bit of training this week. Uh, uh, it is very nice. If you waited a couple of weeks, I could have joined him. But, um, I mean, most of the players who've gone, it's the non-internationals. The rest have gone away, obviously, on international duty. Uh, it's it's the non-international plus a lot of the academy lads. And um, it strikes me that it's probably it's those younger lads for whom the trip is the most important in the sense that it's a... It's it's a rather than like uh, you know a half day up at Melwood on a Thursday or whatever day they have the uh, you know the uh, elite uh, lads from the academy up there that they're getting a most of the week to impress the manager and show him what they're about and, and what they can do.
1: It's funny to think it was only like six weeks ago that we were talking about them all because they were still in the FA Cup, you know, the likes of Kevin Stewart and all those were involved and and, and Chiravea, but now it's they just because. The onus is now on the, on the first team. They don't seem to get much of a look. And I know Ojo was on the bench uh, on Sunday. He came on. He came on. Came on <laughs> yeah, I was there. I remember that. <laughs> he came on. Um not sure he got much of a touch, to be honest. But, you know, you're right to say that it's... it's but the youngsters, I mean, it's important for them, but it's equally as important for the first team players because they will the ones that are involved, you know... Moreno, it's Moreno. Gone, Moreno's know. over there. He he's seems to have recovered from injury. Yeah. Yeah, so he's somebody who needs to get fit, and there's a, there's one or two others because they're more likely to be featuring in the last couple of weeks than any of the youngsters. To be honest.
0: Um, cool. We uh, we look ahead then to Spurs uh, when we finally get another game, and um, if if Liverpool could win that game, it would it 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 would the give Leicester
1: them. Sick of win the league, which is what we all want. <laughs> well, we'll it, have anyway. It, it, yes, Christian is very silent on this matter. Do you want Leicester to
2: win the league? Uh, yes, or no? I no. do. Yeah. I, between Leicester and Spurs, yeah, I'd
1: rather Leicester
0: win yeah. the league. Andy. Um, well, I think I think Spurs will win the league just because I, I think they've been the I think they've been the most consistent team I've, I've seen this year. I think that's dangerous for Liverpool. Um, but so, uh, but I actually think a team like Spurs will, will come and play the sort of game that will give Liverpool. Opportunities, and if we can actually finish them, I think there's there's a there's a chance of a really really good three points there. But one thing you you could almost guarantee is that Spurs will be scoring. I mean, they just you know they they have players who know how to, how to create and finish chances. And but it has the, all the makings of a of a cracking game, which is just what we'll need after two weeks of Roy Hodgson football. Uh,
1: true. I mean, there's a lot of there's been a lot of three twos in that game. What was the score last year, was it 3-2? 3-2, 3-2. 3-2, 3-2, 3-2 Anfield, yeah. 3-2 the, yeah, 3-2 the, season before, the couple of seasons before that, I think it was as
0: well, yeah,
2: in the title challenging season. No, of course, no, 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 no. no, like no. it was 4-0, it no, 4-0 then, yeah. 3-2 when Suarez scored first and general. <laughs> Downer scored, but no, there, there should be a lot of goals, shouldn't there? Although the first the game was 0-0. Yeah.
0: 0-0, Klopp's yeah. first game, and obviously Liverpool ran an incredible amount that day, didn't they? So, you know, it'll be interesting to see the development where the team's gone to from that game to to this one up at Anfield. Uh, But anyway, um, I think we've covered most of the issues. Uh, We're going to have to leave you in the hands of international football for the next week or so. And thankfully, back to Anfield for proper football uh, on Saturday week. Uh, This has been your Liverpool FC podcast. Thanks for listening. to Rap.